A lot of people shouting on email. We heard Premier Ford tell us all that uh, we had a massive change in the province last week. We shut the province down. And then, then he told us he couldn't believe the scene at Yorkdale Shopping Centre, that the parking lot was jammed and people were all over the place, walking all over the mall and coming out without uh, bags. They just went in there for a stroll and they weren't really shopping for anything, never mind uh, essentials. Uh, Paul on email, he wrote, uh, Jeff, uh, love the show. Just heard Ford say that he made a huge move last week and shut everything down. I LOL'd. Doctors are begging in this province for a real shutdown. Let's let that happen and let people get the vaccine and give us a chance to uh, drop the numbers. Okay, so that's from a Paul. Meanwhile, on the other hand, I got this from a Bernie. About the big announcement last week to stay home. What is so difficult to understand? Just because various amenities are open doesn't mean you can just disregard what the government is saying. Maybe just be an adult and use your mind. We are not little kids. So there you have it. Basically, uh, both sides of the uh, argument in the two emails. But uh, having said that, uh, Bernie, you know, I think it's mixed messaging that uh, people just don't quite understand what the government is telling us. I mean, Ford saying that he locked the province down, yet Yorkdale is open. And yeah, you're right. Just because it's open doesn't mean you necessarily have to go. But having said that, is that a signal to at least some people that if it's open, then it's considered safe by the government and should be considered safe by them. Mixed messaging, creating some uh, confusion. Is it time for a true stay-at-home order, like a lot of health officials are asking for, including Dr. Eileen Davila, the top uh, doctor uh, here in Toronto? That, of course, is a concern continues to mount over these uh, variants of concern, in particular, this uh, relatively new P1 variant, which is uh, prevalent in both British Columbia and Alberta. Dr. Joe Vipon is an ER physician in Alberta. He is the co-founder of Masks for Canada, and he joins us now on the line for more on this new variant here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Vipon, nice to have you back on the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on and uh, in this super dangerous time. And I just want to preface this by saying the views are mine alone and not those of Alberta Health Services or that of the Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Calgary. You bet. All right. So what do we know about this uh, P1 uh, variant? What can you tell us? Well, the first thing I think everybody should recognize is the P1 variant, although a bad variant, is is pretty much similar to the B117. So we already have B117, the UK variant, racing through pretty much every province that's uh, open right now. And that includes your province of Ontario and, and mine and BC. Um, and the P1's just a, a different um, uh, type of variant, but the, the qualities are very similar. So both of them have increased transmissibility. So about 60% or more to, transmissible than the original variant. They, they both have increased mortality. They both have increased hospitalization. And the B117 we know is, is twice, like 100% increase in ICU admissions. Uh, and they both have a, a um, different impact uh, on, on, on younger patients, uh, having a more severe course of illness in the younger patients. Yeah, and, and this is the variant, sorry, that swept through the Vancouver Canucks, uh, we understand. And what does that tell right. us about the P1 variant when it takes down hockey players, elite athletes in their 20s? Exactly. Here I am, a 51-year-old who uh, is not nowhere near an elite athlete. And so <laughs> I hear you. Who doesn't, doesn't find themselves as an elite athlete, uh, you know, should have concerns. Um, what, what the B, P1 is a little bit different than the B117. There's two things that, that go with it. It's a, 
a bit more um, uh, dangerous towards women than the original variant, and it looks like the B117. And also, it seems to be able to reinfect. And so that means if you've already had COVID, you are uh, more likely to be reinfected with the P1 variant. So those are the, the, the qualities that make it different from the other variants. Yeah. Do we know why this P1 seems to be more transmissible? You know, I'm not a, a virologist, so I don't know the mechanism of that. Okay. Um, so, so I don't know if it's because people are producing more virus so that if you're in the same space, you're exposed to more, or I don't know if it attaches better to our cells to allow itself to get in there more. Uh, and I don't know if maybe it's more aerosol driven so that, that there's more um, floaties about you. Um, but it's, it's something along those lines that would make it more transmissible. It probably doesn't matter. The, the fact is it's more transmissible and we need to, to act accordingly. Now, you're an ER doctor. Can you give us a bit of a snapshot as to your firsthand experience, what you're seeing uh, in your hospital and other hospitals there in Alberta? Because we certainly have had physicians ringing the alarm bell the past couple of days here in Ontario with some quite graphic descriptions, not only about the number of people admitted to ICU with uh, COVID, but uh, also what they're going through. Yeah, well, we're definitely seeing a younger population being admitted to the hospital uh, and into the ICU than we were um, in the second wave. And we're seeing that, uh, I know Ontario, the, your science panel has released that data, which, uh, which shows that quite, uh, quite obviously. The other thing I think that's really interesting in, in Alberta is we're not seeing hospitalization, like inpatient hospitalizations rise at this point, but we're seeing really rapid rise in our intensive care utilization, which suggests to me that there are patients that are coming in, bypassing the inpatients and going straight to the ICU. They're getting sick so fast. Wow. And do we know if the uh, vaccine, the current vaccines that we have, are they effective when it comes to uh, the P1 variant? It's still early in the learning process for these variants. The only incontrovertible incompatibility that I've seen is that AstraZeneca vaccine and the South African variant, which is, I believe, the B1135 variant, which we don't have a lot of in, in Alberta. But it seems like the vaccines are working for the, the other two variants that we have in the, in the country. Do we know, Dr. Vipon, what this all means for our summers? Because I think, you know, obviously a lot of people thought, okay, the vaccine, it is uh, here, albeit uh, we've got some supply chain problems. It's rolling out slower than any of us uh, would like. But there was the thought and there was the hope that we could have a, a relatively kind of back to normal a summer across the country. But because of this new P1 variant and how transmissible it is, just how sick people get from it, we don't know whether or not the current vaccines, just how effective they are against it is that summer that we were all hoping for do you think it's in jeopardy well there's, there's two things i want to pick out of your question the first is this idea that we're doing so horrible as a country if you actually compare us to other oecd countries we're doing just fine i think the problem is is that our our media is overwhelmed with stories of how well the united states and israel are doing and they are doing better than us um, israel's paid a premium for that um, and obviously the united states is has um, just, you know, it's a massive country with massive ability to, 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 to mobilize resources uh, beyond what we have been able to do. But we're actually doing okay as a country as far as uh, vaccine rollouts go. Um, so, so that's the first thing to be said. The second thing is, I think we've all been living in a little bit of a fantasy land 
that vaccines are going to um, supplant the need for strong restrictions. This is all needs to be uh, in combination. I've, I've been lucky enough to get both vaccines. Um, guess what? I'm still not partaking in any indoor social activities. Uh, when I'm out and about, I'm still wearing a mask. In fact, I've gone to now wearing um, a respirator rather than just a simple surgical or cloth mask because um, that's what's needed in order to, to, to win. We need everything in combination. And it was always a bit of a um, pie-in-the-sky idea that vaccines would supplant the need for restrictions. If you look at Alberta right now, I believe, I'm trying to remember our numbers, but I think we're just over 12% of the population that's been vaccinated. That still leaves, you know, about 4 million Albertans that are completely susceptible to the virus. You know, it's 12% is almost nothing. So this, this purported race between vaccines and, and variants never really existed. Um, we need to still behave responsibly, and that means governments need to behave responsibly. I well, do restrictions need to tighten? Because there is word there in your province in Alberta that that announcement might be coming, uh, and as I prefaced before our conversation here, there's a lot of talk in this province whether or not we're in a true lockdown, and we have several public uh, health officials, notable public health officials, writing an open letter to the Ontario government asking for a quote-unquote true stay-at-home order. Yeah, I was laughing at your uh, your initial opening where people were debating whether, uh, you know, the restrictions, these uh, exhortations to personal responsibility are enough. I can't think of a single jurisdiction in the world that has utilized personal responsibility and calls for personal responsibility to effectively deal with the virus. The reality is, is that we as society rely on good, strong, enforced regulations in order to get stuff done. If you don't have a speed limit on your highway, people would drive whatever speed they want. And we don't want people to drive whatever speed they want because we know there's dangers associated with that. So we actually put in speed limits and then we enforce them. And th there's nothing different about COVID. If I put a, a uh, cookie jar on my counter and just walk away, it would be ludicrous to think that my kids would not go in there and, and grab cookies. You know, I have to put that cookie jar on a top shelf and I need to tell them, you look, you'll, you'll get a cookie when you're allowed to have a cookie. And the same goes for restaurants and malls. And, you know, you can't open a mall and then be surprised that people show up at the mall. I mean, that's, uh, that's just poor, poor policy. That's, that's poor governing. Well, also, I'd just double back quickly, since you are the co-founder of Mass for Canada, and you mentioned a moment ago, even though you've been fully uh, vaccinated, you've kind of upped your uh, mask game, your face mask game, if you will, to a uh, respirator uh, mask. And I did see some news articles suggesting maybe people might want to start using the N95 mask because we don't have a PPE shortage like we did earlier in the uh, pandemic during the uh, first wave. Would you recommend that uh, people upgrade their uh, face masks uh, with the P1 variant, these other variants out there uh, right now? And of course, uh, uh, a lot of people, as you just uh, mentioned and detailed, a significant portion of the population still awaiting their vaccine. Yeah. And just to be clear, a respirator is an N95 and an N95 is a respirator. They're just uh, different versions of the same same term. Um, yeah, I would 100% uh, recommend that. We are now at the stage where we need to act um, with the reality that that uh, COVID is airborne. It's an airborne transmitted disease. We've, we've got ample evidence for that. And so therefore, you need a very well sealing mask. And the only mask that seal, 
very well are N95s or respirators. So KN95, there's a whole bunch of different uh, um, types of respirators that are out there. Um, if you want to buy a Canadian-made one, you can actually go on our website, which is mastercanada.org, and take a look. We have a list of Canadian manufacturers that you can choose from. And believe it or not, I've heard that they're having a hard time selling these masks, um, despite the fact that it's the best protection that people can can um, provide themselves. Um, and then I also want to remind people that it's not enough to just wear a mask. You still need to do physical distancing. You still need to avoid um, congregated outdoor spaces and any indoor space as much as possible. Um, you know, this is in addition to not instead of uh, routine um, COVID mitigation strategies. All right. Good stuff. Dr. Vipon, appreciate the time and the update as always. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on. Dr. Joe Vipon is a ER physician in Calgary, Alberta, also the co-founder of Masks for Canada.